Welcome back to the True Sports Physical Therapy Podcast. This is going to be our second solo pod. So buckle up because it's a whole bunch of me for the next however long. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to really get back to a lot of the questions that we're seeing like flooding our inbox. And, and again, just a reminder, you can always reach out to us on Instagram is really the best way to do it. Shoot us a DM with your questions, true sports PT. You can find this really on any platform, but shoot us a DM via Instagram. And this is just a smattering of a couple of questions that I broke down to really hit all things that we do here at the true sports physical therapy podcast, which is going to be to touch on to some clinical things uh, with some of the questions that we got. Also touch on business and corporate structure uh, and the way we, we've grown intelligently over the last eight, nine years now. Um, and then finally, I also wanted to get to what's next, like what's next with the profession. And all of that was really highlighted in some of the questions that we got uh, from our audience. So thank you guys so much for engaging with us, for reaching out, um, for really telling us what it is you want, because I created this podcast so that we can serve you the the growing super interested population of sports pts and this is just a little bit of what i was really looking forward uh in doing not just some of the the interviews that we've done but also I engaging um with this awesome group of, of sports pts so that's what we wanted to get to today called a grab bag of questions which are going to hit on a, a a few topics and then just work our way through it um, and look forward to you guys kind of growing from it, obviously us growing from it, from putting it together uh, and just making the entire profession better, making your professional lives better, making everything better for the patients and the athletes that are right in front of us. That's what it's all about. So the first question that I wanted to touch on was is such a broad question, really an all-encompassing question, which is how do you, Yoni, work through a good shoulder evaluation? And so this is actually coming all the way from Germany, from a sports physio in Germany. Um, who just a lot of background um, deals with a lot of overhead athletes um, in Germany. I actually mentioned that he works with some lacrosse and some baseball over there, so I was thrilled to hear that. Those are two sports that are near and dear to my heart. Um, and he wanted to know how, how I walk through a shoulder evaluation. So, so that's what I want to do um, is really just walk you guys through the way I approach the overhead athlete. And in that first evaluation, um, what's my rubric? And, and it really applies to, to any body part. So I start that shoulder evaluation from the second that that patient walks into the clinic or is waiting there uh, in the waiting room. At True Sports, we treat a, one athlete every single 45 minutes um, with, with a one-on-one -on -one environment and makeup with a doctor of physical therapy. And so as I walk up, I'm finishing up a schedule or finishing up um, a, another patient interaction, that patient's scheduling for the next one. And then I see a new patient sitting there. I will have already known that they're coming in for their shoulder. So I'll be able to see that on our electronic medical records. And then bang, that's when I start evaluating and assessing. I want to see what that sitting posture looks like. I want to notice everything that I can about that athlete while they sit there waiting for me. Do they have slump posture? Um, are they rounded a little bit at the shoulder? Where's their head? What's their head position? Is it forward like mine? Or is it all the way upright? Is the posture good? Does it look like um, they have some good body mass to them? Um, do I know anything? Can I pick out what sport it is they play? Are they walking in with uh, their spikes and a glove um, from practice? Or do I notice a logo on their shirt that tells me, hey, maybe this is a baseball player, or maybe they're sporting like a Calvert Hall lacrosse shirt, and um, they play for one of the country's best lacrosse programs here in Baltimore. Um, so 
So maybe it's a lacrosse player. But whatever it is, I want to, one, look at their posture and look at the way they carry themselves, maybe even the way they move from sit to stand as I say, hey, what's up? I'm Yoni. I'll be your PT today. Uh, Let's head on back. And then as soon as they get up and walk, what's their pelvic control like while they're just walking, while they don't know that I'm looking? Uh, What's their standing posture like? Are they kyphotic? Are they lordotic? Um, Anything, any information that I can glean both from a physiologic perspective, but also, how am I going to connect to this patient? Am I going to talk baseball? Am I going to answer about baseball? Am I going to talk lax? Am I going to maybe maybe they're a soccer player and they're coming for their shoulder? Um, how am I going to connect? And what information can I glean as soon as they start heading back? Once I do that, now they come in. They're sitting on the table. I'm about to walk into the room. I'm really slow playing this for you guys. I have a list in my head. I have a list of what is it that could possibly be wrong with this shoulder, if it is indeed a shoulder, and I'll tease that out. So this list in your head is super important because I want to gear everything in that patient interaction towards either checking off um, one of those possibly, uh, one of those possible diagnoses or uh, ruling them out. And that goes from the way I, the questions I ask, the way I talk to them. I'm just constantly trying to build a case to strengthen is it one of these diagnoses uh, or offending body parts, or is it not, and can I cross it off? And so I'm looking at both what, is, what could possibly be the affected structure. So with the shoulder case, the affected structures, most likely, it's either your neck or your labrum or your cuff or your scapula. That's usually 90% of things that will be painful, um, that will be the affected structure. Now, I'm also looking at what could possibly be causing those structures to be inflamed, to be torn, to be painful, to be symptomatic. Now, those causing structures are a little bit different, but really builds on that, at least up in that upper quarter, and that looks at, okay, the neck. uh, Is it weak or stiff? The rotator cuff. Is it weak um, or is the shoulder itself stiff? Is that because of the cuff? Is that because of the capsule? Does it really matter? Probably not, but is it hypermobile? Is it hypomobile, the shoulder specifically? Um, same thing, by the way, with the neck. Those things already, like these could be causing those aforementioned structures to be symptomatic. Um, scapular control, scapular endurance, T-spine control, endurance, mobility. Uh, then you just work your way down. Low back, certainly in a pitcher, let's say, can affect, by the way, also in a lacrosse player, any overhead athlete. Is there dysfunction there in the low back that I'm going to think about assessing? Um, how well do they control their core uh, and their pelvis? By the way, the core is made up of, uh, remember, that, that whole cylinder. So anterior lines, lateral lines, posterior lines. How well do I think they rotate? The hips, same thing. Is it rotating? Is it weak? Is it stiff as hell? Is it somewhere in between? Um, and then the ankle. So I'm just, those are all the things that could be causing the symptoms. I feel that very often we don't have to stray very far from that shoulder. I get a little um, maybe skeptical when all shoulder pain can be traced to contralateral hip or something like that. The further away we get, if we haven't really identified that structure as to which is causing the symptoms, um, I think we, we just muddy the water. So usually I try to stay very close and then work my way out. But again, you have that list of things that could be causing symptoms. Everything you ask them should be geared towards 
strengthening your hypothesis, strengthening your theory of here's what I think is wrong with you. Um, here's what I think is what's causing your symptoms. Um, and that's why I hate questions during the subjective portion. Like, uh, what's your pain? Zero to 10, uh, right now at best at worst. That's just a waste of freaking time because it's not helping us get to the exact point. I want to know how long has it been going on? What do you do that bothers it? What do you do that makes it feel better? If you're a thrower, at what point of the range of motion through your throwing motion does it hurt you? All of those things tell me something specific about what I'm then going to explain to you um, as to what I think it is that's causing these problems. Once we go through the subjective and I have an idea, so remember, my list should be getting shorter and shorter. Then I'm going to use my objective assessments to really nail down, hey, this is the offending structure. So let's say in a case with a rotator cuff, um, if I have, they have pain, they, they told me where it hurts, anterior shoulder, they told me when it hurts, it hurts all the way uh, with layback, when they reach all the way back in, in a throwing motion, already I'm starting to think, okay, like this could be cuff tendonitis, um, this could be uh, a labral tear because they're, they're having trouble that as they come back into that layback that their humerus is sliding forward or it's sliding backwards or maybe they don't have good control of it, but I'm beginning to cross some things off, right? Like... Um, I've asked them about their neck. I asked them about numbness and tingling. If that stuff doesn't show up, I'm really moving away from the neck. I don't even need to get into the hip, but at least now I'm like, boom, I'm like locked in on that shoulder and I'm thinking maybe it's cuff, maybe it's labrum. Then I'm going to go through that testing to try to tease those things out. Um, what is their near impingement test look like? What does their uh, apprehension test look like if I'm really looking for a labrum? What does their um, dislocation, relocation test look like? If, if those things should be able to really make the case, hey, this is labrum or this is cuff. And by the way, between me and you, the sports PT, because um, I'm sure no one else is listening in on this, does it really matter? It doesn't really matter, but it's, it's building the case for how am I going to then explain this and support it with my interventions? So that's what's really important to think about is already you've begun to whittle down what it is that could be causing these symptoms. Really address your objective portion of your testing like a sniper as opposed to a carpet bomber. So this is why I get frustrated when I see younger PTs reaching for the goni and they're measuring this and they're measuring that and they'll just measure everything because that's what they learned. Look through the following lens. Is your question... Is your testing, by the way, is your intervention, is it getting you closer to understanding what's wrong with this shoulder and what is wrong with the patient's shoulder, or is it not? And if it's not, leave it off. That's why you'll see awesome PTs, they can go through a shoulder evaluation in a matter of minutes, as opposed to the 45 minutes in an hour sometimes that are allocated to doing these things, um, because they can just like cut through the fat and get get to what it is that's bothering the patient. Now, once you have made this diagnosis, here's what I love to do. You don't have to do this, obviously, but here's what I love to do. I love to say, okay, let me grab a skeleton, bring it up to the patient, show the patient um, exactly where we are and orient them a little bit. I do it exactly like this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through in uh, serious detail here. I will say to the patient, here's you. I'm going to talk to you patient, let's call him Trevor. Um, 
Trevor, I'm going to talk to you as if you know nothing. You might know everything, but I don't want to assume you know everything or anything, so I'm going to assume you know nothing. And I'm going to introduce you to the skeleton and talk to you as if this is you. Here's your humerus, your upper arm bone. Here's your scapula, your shoulder blade. Here's your clavicle. This creates the roof of the joint. And just underneath this joint, here's where your rotator cuff lives. This humerus, Trevor, this is my favorite joint. It is a miracle it ever works. If you look at the head of the humerus, this ball, it sits on this glenoid like a golf ball on a golf tee. And it is crazy. It's a miracle that it ever stays in place. And then what you do with this shoulder is you rip it all the way back. And I'll take the skeleton all the way back into layback, into max extra rotation. And then I'll fling it all the way forward, mimicking a baseball throw if Trevor's a baseball player. And you ask the shoulder to do this, and it actually stays in place. Now, here's what I think is actually happening when you go through that motion. And if, if I'm thinking or I've proven to myself that I think it's a labral insufficiency, it is now my job as the evaluating therapist to prove that to Trevor, if Trevor's younger and if Trevor's mom is there, to Trevor's mom or whoever's in the room, that here's why I think it's a labral insufficiency. And I will walk through that pathology and explain it as many times as possible at any level they want, starting at a very low level, golf ball and golf tee, all the way up to heady humerus. Um, here's the labrum, here are the various ligaments that come into play, here's where the rotator cuff attaches, here's the job of the rotator, all, all those things I will get into the nitty-gritty, but it is so important that that patient, Trevor, knows exactly what's wrong with him. And by the way, could even teach it to me when I'm done teaching him um, exactly what it is because that's going to help him understand what I want from an exercise standpoint or an intervention standpoint. After he understands the pathology of exactly what's wrong with him, then I'm going to get into, remember, I'm going to support why I think that is what's wrong with him, but then I'm going to get into, here's why, how I think you and I can, can work together to fix this. I'm going to teach you a couple exercises. Trevor, what's unbelievable at the shoulder, about the shoulder is that it moves in so much range of motion. It's our most mobile joint, but you ask it to do unbelievably aggressive things when you go to throw, and in order for the shoulder to work beautifully and perfectly, Here's what the rotator cuff has to be doing. And I'll show them. I'll wrap my hand around that skeleton and show the job of the rotator cuff and how it needs to keep that humerus dead in the middle of that glenoid because we know um, any aberrant motion can lead to pain. Um, and once I begin to show them, I'll say, okay, maybe your cuff is weak. Here's how we're going to work your cuff. Here's where I want you to feel those exercises. Again, I'm showing Trevor on the skeleton and say, I don't want you to feel it where you feel the pain necessarily. I want you to feel it here. I want you to feel it in your cuff or if we're working deltoids or if we're working pecs or whatever. And, and just so you know, Trevor, because this joint is so mobile, there are a million ways um, to skin a cat. There are a million ways we can get you stronger. So if you feel it in the front spot, let's say, and I want you to feel in the back, tell me, we'll just pick a different exercise. We'll change it a little bit. Uh, we'll cue you a little bit differently, but we're going to work together. So you feel it exactly where you need to feel it. And it's important that Trevor understands that. So I will then, I'm just explaining exactly how he and I are going to get better. I then want to tell him how long I think it usually takes. Usually a pitcher is like, when can I throw again? I'll give him my best guess. Um, I'll also say, here's what I've seen. I've seen people do it way faster. I've seen people slower. Um, I'll talk about some of the literature in terms of return to throw. Um, I will quote some of the people that we've had on this podcast uh, that we're going to have on this podcast in terms of norms and in terms of what they're looking for because I want 
the patient, I want the athlete to know how long this process is going to take. Um, and then I'm going to tell him what I want him, I'm going to teach him what I want him to do as part of his own home exercises. That is serious education. That's when it's a lot of um, trial and error. So now I'm going to walk away from that skeleton. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to grab a band probably, or we're going to grab a weighted ball, or maybe it's a stretch or maybe, but I'm going to teach him two, maybe three exercises and I'm going to film those things. And I'm going to put them in our true sports physical therapy, home exercise app. And they're going to be his and they're his job. He's going to have two, three exercises to do. They will be ever progressing. But if he doesn't do those, it's going to delay, it's going to slow the healing process or how long it takes him to get back on the bump or to get back to achieving your goals. And I'm also going to tell him, Trevor, here's why you're going to come back. I'm going to progress those exercises. I'm going to get you to the next level. I'm going to do things in this gym that maybe you don't have access or the ability to do. We're going to do higher level things. We're going to go over plyometrics or weighted balls or higher level lifts um, that you just don't know how to do on your own and that you want an eye and a coaching eye. But what I'm not going to do is bring you back in here and watch you do the same damn exercises that you're supposed to be doing at home. We can review them, but I'm not going to waste your time. I don't want you to waste my time, Trevor. And so that's how we're going to work together. And that's how Trevor is going to know exactly what he should do, but also why he should come back and why he should come into therapy. And why is he coming in twice a week or three times a week or once a week? Um, that should all make sense to him. And then, and then really finally, at any point in time along that rehab process, Trevor should know, here's where I am in the continuum of care. Here's how close I am to making it back. Here's maybe some of the struggles or the setbacks, or here's what I'm working on in today's session. Every session should have a goal. Um, just so Trevor, should he have questions, um, always has some foundation upon which to ask them. Um, and he should always be fully educated on how close he is to achieving his goals. So to sum that up, and, and I say this a lot, I've probably said this on the pod, there are five imperative things, five essential pieces of this shoulder evaluation in this case, but an evaluation at True Sports and truthfully, an evaluation anywhere across the country, anyone who's listening to this, and th this goes to our, our Germany-based PT who asked it, um, I want the following five things to be accomplished from a good sports evaluation. The patient should know what their diagnosis is and what it means. They should be able to teach it to us. That's one. Two, a patient needs to know what is the patient going to do about it. What's the homework? What am I asking them to do to uphold their end of the bargain? Number three, a patient needs to know what I am going to do about it. Why is he coming back to sports PT? Um, what are we going to do when he comes back? They got to know that answer because that's going to increase compliance. It's going to better your outcomes. Um, the patient is going to rave about you because now he understands the process. Now, now he's an active participant and there's a reason he's coming back to you. Number four, I want that athlete to know how long it's going to take. Um, just so that they have an idea of I'm falling behind, I'm moving forward, it's going to keep them engaged at home. Um, and then finally, number five, once you get rolling with therapy, and you should explain this in the evaluation, they should know where they are in that continuum of care. Those are the five essential pieces of a good evaluation. And then I just laid out pretty specifically what the shoulder evaluation looks like um, and what I want to go through. Notice... I don't have, you have to do this test. You have to do that test. You guys are going to know that you're going to, 
glean that from the data or I should say from the literature. Some some people are going to be really good with certain tests. Some people are going to be better with others. But you got to make the case in your own head and then to the patient. Here's exactly why I think what I do think is going on with you. Um, and so hopefully that answers your question um, as to how I approach a shoulder evaluation. Thank you so much for asking. I just love all the questions. I love all the feedback. Some of the feedback I got after the first solo pod was if I could do more of these, so that's why I'm doing it. Um, but you know, any feedback, I'm totally open to, wait a minute, what, what about that? You missed this, Yoni, or you forgot that. Shoot me a DM. Uh, happy to respond uh, accordingly. Respond to all the DMs, all the emails. You can always email me personally, Yoni, Y-O-N-I, at truesportspt.com. Would love to get right back to you. Another awesome question that I got um, was more on the business side, and that's why I wanted to dive into it after that clinical rant. Thank you guys for listening. It's unbelievable that so many people listen to this. Um, the, the second question is to name one mistake uh, that I made in starting or founding True Sports Physical Therapy. Um, and, and this question comes from Texas. Um, a sports PT in Texas named Bobby. And it's a great question. Uh, it's a question I ask a lot of my guests of, you know, name one mistake or name something you learned uh, from that mistake and how do you get better for it? God knows I've made tons of mistakes um, along this road. And so, Bobby, what a big mistake that I made early on was really my foresight in founding the practice. When I started this practice, uh, I started in a place called um, Sanctuary Body Works. Shout out to Brandon Halleck. It was nice enough to, to give me my first sublease. And it was this beautiful 200-year-old, I think, Polish Orthodox church, um, which actually had a couple scenes in The Wire, season two. But it, it's right down there um, on the docks, Baltimore City, a beautiful area, beautiful facility. And I opened up a, a spot in the back of, of Sanctuary Body Works called the True Sports um, and just started treating patients out of the back of this fitness facility. And I just started because I wanted to provide awesome care. There, there really weren't people, there weren't practices in and around Baltimore that were providing high-level sports care one-on-one for 45 minutes and being in network. And I just thought that that was the best way to set up the practice. And that was it. Uh, th you know, there wasn't um, a mission There was outside of that. There wasn't um, this grandiose scheme to grow to 13 clinics and 40 PTs. Uh, that, that was not the thought. Um, and so here's, here's where I swung and missed is when I started to hire people, I didn't give it the forethought to create a corporate ladder, a corporate structure in which people could grow um, and people could do more, do more than just treat patients. That's all I was doing was treating patients. Um, and and I think that was a huge mistake. I just didn't have the education. I, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I wasn't thinking to build careers for others. I've totally changed that. I wish I would have known it sooner. Sorry. Sorry to anyone who I didn't create a corporate structure for or a corporate ladder, um, but it's now something that I pride myself on. And in true sports, we love doing and trying to be creative and trying to have this growth mindset professionally to say, how do we set up a structure where sports PTs can kind of choose their own path, choose their own adventure? 
right now we have different roles and responsibilities and I'm always open to, and as a leadership team, we are always open to creating new structures and, and just setting these awesome young minds up for success. Now, sometimes that simply means being a staff PT. What a great gig. And I want it to be the best place to be a staff PT. One-on-one for 45 minutes, right? Um, awesome facilities. Uh, I mean, especially um, that church in which I started in Fells Point. It's got 45-foot ceilings. It's got room to run and throw and jump. And uh, it's got the only uh, resistance sled that slides on a church wooden floor. Um, and, and it's just totally retrofitted for an awesome place to train and rehab an athlete. Um, and that's one of the things that I think is true sports role is provide an awesome clientele structure, the, the 45 minutes. Being in network, I, I think, helps because it opens up just who you're able to treat. It's a, it's a much larger volume. Um, and that, and the 45 minutes, the time allotted, that's your staff PT, eight hours a day. Um, and on the 45 minute, and we look to give you some flexibility as a staff PT to say, I don't care when you treat these patients. I don't care if you want to cut out early on a Friday, if you want to come in late on a Monday, just aim for your, it's about 10 to 11 patients a day. So 55 patients ish a week. It's really 50 patients a week. Um, and do whenever the heck you want to. So you get some flexibility and that's your staff PT. Now we started to, once we started to grow, we started to say, okay, what are other things, interests that our team of sports PTs wants? Some want it to be clinic directors. And so now we have a clinic director role where you treat a, a lesser schedule. You treat like 90 uh, percent of a full schedule, but you're looking at doing some more of the management. You're doing more of the education. You're doing more of that mentorship. That was a big thing that I always hear from new graduates or employees is what kind of mentorship? Well, clinic director is going to sit down with you once a week and go over charts. They're going to sit down and go over tougher cases. They're going to talk about professional development. How do you handle a tough patient? How do you, how do you handle a coworker? How, all these things, um, that all becomes a job of the clinic directors along with some marketing and management um, and supply management and um, in-house marketing and, and things of that nature for your clinic directors. Then again, like we started hearing from our, our team of PTs, well, I want to grow. I want to do more. And so we came up with multi-site managers and regional directors. And so the multi-site and regional directors is just a matter of how many clinics you're overseeing. Those clinics should have a clinic director depending upon their size. Um, and the responsibilities just kind of grow a little bit, a little bit less treatment depending upon how many you're managing, uh, a little bit more marketing, a little, a lot more mentorship, a lot more management. Um, and it's just a path that other people wanted to go. And then now, now we have a COO. Um, and so COO is who you're going to hear from pretty soon. Um, he's in charge of standardizing all the offerings. How are we consistent all across the board? When you walk into a true sports PT, does it, does it feel like true sports? Are they going to do an evaluation? Like I previously mentioned, um, what's that going to feel like now? the individualization is certainly there. And that's another thing that I love about our profession is that everyone approaches it a little bit differently, not to be cookie cutter, but what level of service can you expect, et cetera. Um, and that's all the way up to the COO. Now we also created the CEO, um, role, which for now, uh, 
I get to fill um, until the COO gets pissed about it. But with CEO, like I'm looking at all things oversight. I'm looking at the course of the entire company. I'm looking at company vision and business development and where are we going to put our next clinic and um, how are our other clinics doing and things like that. Um, and so now we have this awesome corporate structure. I always hated the word corporate, but but they're simply ladders that you can grow if you want to come in and grow. Um, their options, you know, it gives you this flexibility. That's something that always frustrated me when I worked elsewhere is that I just didn't have, you eventually hit a ceiling. Um, we're trying to really break those ceilings here at true sports. Um, so that is one massive mistake. What the other thing that I've learned, um, and again, from our team of sports PTs is it's not just all about, um, patient treatment. Right, so it's not just all about um, I want to treat more patients or I want to manage more people treating patients. Let's create other ways in which you can bring value to your profession and to the company. And so now we have a director of continuing education, and so her job is to put together some of these awesome courses that are coming your way. Please look for the ACL course to be dropped imminently, um, and it's an awesome ACL course. It includes. Um, one of the country's best orthopedic surgeons talking about graft choice and talking about the intricacies and the nitty gritty of what he thinks leads to an outstanding outcome, what he looks for from a sports PT um, to get a good outcome. And it also includes the must, the stuff that I felt like was so glossed over in education, even in current offerings of how do you teach quad sets? What kind of motion do you need to do? What are the tricks to get the motion that you need? But all the way forward to how do we get this athlete back on the field? How do we teach change of direction? How do we teach force absorption? What is some of the new technology that we're offering to do that? This awesome world of specific ACL course, that's going to come from a course that was really developed by our director of uh, continuing education. So that's just another avenue in which you can grow where you're not necessarily treating patients. So I love that. We also have a director of clinical education. Um, who, who you've heard from on this pod. If you've listened, I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to our um, concussion uh, podcast with Dr. Christy Chiesa. It was awesome and got really good feedback on that. And she taught me a ton in that. But um, Dr. Chiesa is our director of ClinEd. So we, we've had like 35 students just this year going through um, True Sports PT. So if you're a student listening to this, make sure you get your school to reach out to us. Um, to Dr. Chiesa and, and set it up because we have an awesome student experience. But again, back to this corporate structure, I, like, thank God I didn't think of this in 2014 when we started because my head would have exploded. But these are ways that uh, I'm trying to learn from that early mistake, Bobby, um, of, of the mistake that I made when I started True Sports, which was to not really think this way. One last note on that, which is... Um, it's not just about the PTs. A huge player in any PT uh, practice success is the administration, is the admin team. And so developing that and creating almost an identical ladder for our administrators to grow. So picture uh, front desk coordinator and then is equivalent to the staff PT and then managing the entire desk of a given clinic makes you like a clinic director and then overseeing multiple clinics makes you a multi-site manager or regional director. And now you can grow 
all the way up and and really stick with us and we want to invest in you the admin team and vice versa we want you to invest in us and and really appreciate the product that we're putting together um i have an awesome admin team which i'm also super interested in getting onto the pod which is how do you structure that and we have a coo version of of our clinical side um on the admin side just someone who oversees the whole damn thing um and it's all about giving people the ability to succeed in their desired profession and setting them up for success. Um, that's what we're trying to do. Again, not like I have figured out this entire thing. I definitely have not figured out what we've done to date by myself. So shout out to my awesome team at True Sports. But also, there's stuff that we probably haven't thought of. Uh, there are definitely roles that we're looking to launch uh, in the near future. Um, so just always trying to get better. That's our that's our own growth mindset. So, Bobby, in Texas, thank you so much for that question. Hopefully, you found some value there. Um, last but not least, the last question I wanted to tackle is, um, what is next for True Sports? And so this comes from Shana over in Israel, outstanding sports PT um, in Israel, and always hounding me about, hey, what's next for True Sports? I always jokingly say the answer is True Sports Tel Aviv because I would love to see if... I don't know. You just learn how to surf over there. But um, great question uh, of what's next because we have so much going on. Some of the things that I'm super excited about, you've already heard, um, is the continuing education piece. We're actually about to open an insane opportunity and clinic in Delaware. We're, we're actually looking for the, the right PT um, to help grow that thing. So if you're interested at True Sports PT on Instagram or just email me directly. But um, we got some awesome stuff. We're growing really out of state. So we moved into Pennsylvania last year. Um, we have two clinics there. But now really looking towards Delaware, it looks like we're going to have an opportunity to do something awesome there um, with, with just great partners and great strength coaches. So I'm super, super excited about that. And then this CE or this Con Ed world um, is really just keep an eye on us, keep an eye on our website because – uh, we're going to start with that ACL course, uh, but we also have a low back course coming out really catered towards the athlete. And again, uh, it's all about true sports, physical therapy, right? Like what do you really, what have we found that we really have to do in order to get that patient better and better faster and all the way back to their sport, if not performing at a higher level um, once they return to their sport. So these continuing ed offerings are going to be totally unique from what's currently out there on the market. Um, and we're, we're getting them all the way approved nationwide for CEUs. So really, really excited about that. That's another thing that I'm excited about, Shauna. Um, and then last but not least, we're about to um, open up another clinic in, in Baltimore County, um, which we're uber excited about uh, partnering with some, some great um, fitness experts, some speed gurus, some people that you're going to be hearing from on the pod. Um, and that's in our newest clinic up in Baltimore County, um, in Ruxton. And it's going to be great. So I'd say those three things, but, but also this podcast, I freaking love this podcast and I love doing it. Um, and that's why I'm always begging for, for feedback, but we got some great guests lined up on the podcast. Uh, we got Eric Cressy, a legend in the baseball strength world. Um, who's, by the way, a tennis guy, and now I see working with NFL quarterbacks. So when you're good, you're good, and they have found Cressy. Um, so I'm super excited to talk to Eric Cressy. Um, we have... 
professional fighter and badass doctor of physical therapy, Steffi Cohn, coming on. Um, we have NFL tight end Colin Thompson, who's got his own media company and just so much to talk about as it pertains to performance and assessment and talent analysis. So look forward to that from Colin Thompson. We got massive PT business owners, clinical experts, all lined up so that they can share their expertise with you. God knows, I know, you don't always want to be hearing just my voice. So um, I'm really excited about that. So I'd say those are the four things that I am absolutely thrilled to share with you guys um, and really just tease them a little bit um, in that we're just continuing to grow and continuing to try to be open-minded and and really own that growth mindset. So, um, you know, reach out if you want to be a piece of this growth. Um, If you have any feedback for, for what we're doing, we would absolutely um, love to have you on. I hope these, you know, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of these, I think. I have a feeling because our, our original one got some really good feedback. And I just love all the questions that I'm getting from you. So um, if anything's burning in your mind, please let us know because I'll just throw it on the list of questions to answer in upcoming podcasts um, in this grab bag of sports PT questions. Thanks for being you. Thanks for trying to grow with us. And thanks for all your feedback. Find us on Instagram, True Sports PT. Shoot me an email directly, Yoni, Y-O-N-I, at truesportspt.com. Cannot wait to hear from y'all. Peace.